Hi, and welcome to Mind the Millennial Gap. My name is Chris, and I'm an elder millennial. And my name is Jillian, and I'm a younger millennial. And together, we discuss topics from our viewpoints across the different ends of millennialism. And we are so happy to have you here with us. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jeech. Hey, Chris. Wow, if you could only hear the conversation we had <laughs> testing the mics today, it was fabulous. That was for Mind the Millennial Gap after dark. Uh, way after dark. <laughs> oh, How you been? I've been great. Look at us. I've been Two great. weeks in a row. Look at... We're back at it, baby. We are back. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. Awesome. What's new? Anything new? Okay, so as of since last time, I'm not going to go into either of these stories, but just know that we are now as a household anti-crow and pro-chiropractor. Two things I never thought I would ever be saying, but here we are. Here we are. That's what kind of week it's been. (laughs) Do you realize how like incomplete those (laughs) thoughts are? Yes. Yeah, but also. Yeah, how many people are wondering like what did a crow do to you, you know that what? I know what you, a crow did to you? You do know what a whole murder of crows did. <laughs> However, we'll we'll put that on the Patreon that doesn't exist. How's we will, that? Yeah, and we'll just everyone use your imaginations. Come up with your own stories. Oh, jeez. How was your week, Chris? Uh, my week was good. I I uh I was I left town. I went back yeah. to uh, the my company headquarters. Had to do a couple of things there. Came back to the lovely weather that Washington provides. So thank goodness for Washington <laughs> summers. They are the best. And I've I've collectively done two and a half weeks of Washington <laughs> summer. Everyone, they are great. They have been absolutely, absolutely wonderful. And yeah, it is hot and dusty back where we came from. So. <laughs> Just in time. Just in time. Hey, Chris. Yes, Miss G. If you had to describe your last week um, in in terms of the 90s and early 2000s cartoons, which one, which cartoon most closely matches your vibe? Of my last week? Yeah. Like, were you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle vibey? Fighting some crime, getting some work, enjoying some pizza. Were you? Do you want me to say Ninja Turtles? I feel like, okay. (laughs) Let's see here. Sitting on a stoop. I think my cartoons, um, yeah, Ninja Turtles were very much part of the cartoon set for sure. The Ninja Turtles were? Oh, very much so. But for some reason, like DuckTales kind of identified with the Huey, Dewey, and Louie a a, a bit and why they live with their Uncle Scrooge never ever like connected that storyline. Did you notice that? I have never seen DuckTales before. Only ever heard about it from you. Fair enough. Um, I think, let's see here, if, if 90s cartoon, if 90s cartoon, um, wow, this one's so tough because there's so many cartoons. Fair enough. And I need to describe my vibe. Yeah, like what kind of week you had. What kind of week I had. Let's see here. I was probably a Transformers, and that's not 90s cartoon. That was old when I was a kid. That's absolutely fine. Why were you a... Why was your week a Transformer week? I felt like I was winning last week quite a bit. That's fair. And I had to kind of get up for a couple of things or not 
that are not my normal day to day. So I had to go put a face on that isn't normal. So you transformed um, from a car into a super robot? One can say I adapted. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. I don't know if I have the, the biological <laughs> ability to transform <laughs> much. But yeah, Transformers. Let's go with that one. I like that. I like it a lot. Good job. That has nothing to do with our topic today. Ah. <laughs> Chris, I have not revealed a topic to you to this point. It is unknown to me. It was offered to me. So for the audience, want, want yep. everyone to know, was offered to me and I said, no, no. No, no. This content needs to be what it needs to be and I need to be reactive to the things I don't know. So here I am to engage on the question mark, question mark, question mark over the day. Oof. <laughs> Producer Ace. <laughs> we are not talking about that. What we are talking about today is teen magazines. <laughs> teen magazines. Yes. Okay. I am aware of them. However, I wasn't necessarily a consumer of them, so I'm very interested. That is exactly what I thought. Last week, we... Um, Please, <laughs> tell this story in detail. And everyone, while you listen, let me invite you to think of a magazine that is targeting minors. Can you just tell the story? Because I don't remember it. Oh, no, way. no. I just remember being a bit like... Taken aback that uh, this magazine that's targeting folks that are 18 or less years old and the topic and material, I can't remember the whole combo. And it's something to do with like drinking and something with 17 magazine, and you were appalled by that. Appalled. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily that I was appalled because I believe, uh, you know, I believe everyone can make their own adult choices as long as it doesn't like. Uh, grossly impact anyone else's like life, but I was a bit taken aback that that happened in an unadult in a magazine. Unadult magazine, <laughs> yes. That it was adult scenarios fair. that I can't remember the true context of it, but like real adult scenarios being explained in a teen magazine. Okay, yes. And I'm, for the record, I'm a not banned books person, just so everyone knows. <laughs> but I was a bit like sideways. I was like, interesting that that was catered to. Yes. So that is actually last week when we had that brief moment of discourse. Were we on the boat? I think we were um, on the podcast, actually. Oh, we were on the podcast. I think people can listen to last listen week's back. episode. Listen and back. Listen back. Okay, I was like, I'm going to do them on teen magazines. And so this is kind of just a light, light touch on teen magazines, how I experienced them growing up, kind of bolstered with some um, like commentary from a now perspective. You ready for this? I can't wait. I cannot think of like hardly <laughs> any of the teen magazines. So this is going to be great. Okay. And I'm glad you said that because um, I'm going to be speaking to the ones I was familiar with exactly around that time. It doesn't mean that there weren't some wonderful ones or bad ones or whatever before. Um, there wasn't much after, which we'll talk about later. But these are the ones that, that I'm familiar with. Um, and teen, in these teen magazines, they were very much targeted to... Um, to women, right? Like to young tween girls, women? like tween, like tweenish, teenish, yeah, um, women, and 
they were typically magazines that fell under an established imprint. So for Vogue, you had That's Teen Vogue. Vogue. Mm-hmm. For Cosmopolitan, you had Cosmo Girl. Um, for L, it had L Girl. Interesting. So it was successful magazines that had found their niche in the adult female space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and had captured an audience, and yep. they're trying to capture audience sooner I assume yes um, yes and there were a handful of them that didn't necessarily exist under the same imprint or share a name right was like there a 17. teen readers digest there was a, no but there is a teen chicken soup for the children's my the soul, mom so. had every readers go. digest and kept them like encyclopedias so did my grandma and um, <laughs> that's how I learned about the story about the guy with the bears <laughs> and it like stuck with me I was way too young to be reading readers digests that I would steal from her bathroom and just read while I was there. This is such a foreign concept to me to have to like go backwards and like be like, yeah, that was part of like, this is how we lived as human beings. Yeah. Magazines, they were a real thing. They're it's, just not in doctor's offices as decorations now. Right. And let me tell you, Christopher, I was about them. I loved, loved magazines. Um, and I was w- way, way, way more into the ones we just mentioned than I was to the like celebrity ones, which were like Teen People, Tiger Beat, YM, if any of those come to mind. No. They're like kind of the People magazine of now or the Us Weekly, where okay. it's like celebrity stories mainly, right? I was not so into the celebrities as I was into the absolute wonder of teenage girl dumb that was the other ones interesting as as a teenage male yeah there was probably only one magazine that anyone was interested in what was it sports illustrated <laughs> producer ace agrees <laughs> interesting what was it about sports illustrated um, and did they have like a junior version i don't recall a junior version okay. i think um i think sports is very much Maybe it's fading nowadays yeah, yeah. Uh, with the, the younger crowd, but the sports is very still a predominant part of like the American male zeitgeist, I would, I would venture without knowing the measurements. But like if you got signed up for that annual subscription to Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated once a week and Swimsuit Edition once a year... And so that's what people wanted. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Were you ever signed up? Um... I actually do think that my mom was unaware of the bonus gift of the swimsuit edition <laughs> with the annual subscription. Okay, wasn't Martha Stewart spokesperson for our favorite cat litter, pretty litter? The cover of I Sports saw, Illustrated? Like, I think I saw a headline recently. Maybe? I don't keep up with that stuff anymore, That's but like fair. in in the heyday when I still think people do this, but like when people watch ESPN mm-hmm. like all day long, mm-hmm. just to make sure that you had that one like Very small minor baseball yeah. fact, right? <laughs> and you could talk to your buddies about it or you could uh-huh. listen to talk radio in your cars, talk sports radio. Yeah. Yeah. Sports Illustrated is the only thing I could think of consuming and I didn't even consume much. Uh, for the record, I, I will out myself. I am not a reader. Never have enjoyed it. Don't enjoy it today. And so me just sitting down and reading isn't something that I choose first on my list. So no 17 magazine for you is what I'm hearing. Um, 
this is going to age me, but I'm the generation where Cliff Notes, you bought them at the Walmart. They were bound and you just bought the Cliff Notes so that you could skim skim those, not even read all the Cliff Notes so that you didn't have to read the book in school. That That's me. But I'm going way off topic. This is this is you in magazines. Sorry. I have lots of questions about that. I did not know Cliff Notes existed offside, off of the internet, like outside of the internet. Yeah, older millennial here. Okay, well, we'll I can, come back I can to that. attest they did exist. We will come back to that. So your girl here, my favorites were Cosmo Girl and Seventeen, like absolute mm. favorites. I did not, I don't think I ever had subscriptions to either of them, but I would buy every single, I would buy them every single month at the grocery store. Why those two? Them. What was so, it about those two? Guess what? They, it turns out they actually have a common link. The founder of Cosmo Girl, the one who... Um, like told Cosmo Girl, hey, we you need a younger magazine. At the age of 26, she founded this. Later went on to be the editor of Chief, editor in Chief, sorry, at 17. So there were like through lines that connected all of this wow. together. Um, her name was Atusa. I remember she would do like Love Atusa and some go, other things we'll talk about. Go Atusa, 26 yeah. ambition. She, yeah, and she's pretty pretty remarkable as like a human being as well. Wonderful. So it turns out, yeah, there is a common thing. Um, Chris, what do you think were in these magazines? Oh. Besides underage shrinking trip tips. I'm sure there was... Uh, People who wanted to lead you into fashion directions. Okay. Um, general relationship advice. I hope, I don't know for a fact, but I hope there was at least a crossword in there. Something a little <laughs> mentally challenging would have been nice to have. <laughs> Are you, were you doing crossword puzzles in Sports Illustrated? I was that person in college that went and picked up like the college newspaper so I could play the Sudoku on the back. I love that. Okay. <laughs> so you're there for a little game. I am right. 75 years old. Love that. <laughs> love it. What, what was in the magazines? So was I somewhat correct? Uh, you, you were kind of close. I am going to hand you um, my iPad now. Okay. And I have two pictures. You're going to start here and then there's another one here. Um, describe what you see in this and then please read out the headlines of what the articles on the inside are for both of them. Can do. For the record, everyone, I love Jillian to death. But anytime you touch one of her devices, it's probably 4% charged or less. It's at 100%. This is 100%. Because I just took it off the charger because you put it on the charger for me. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Okay. Uh, screenshot one, uh, Emma Watson. No, sorry. Start with the other one. Oh, I'm starting with the 17 one. Yes. All right. 17 with a young looking Beyonce. Correct. Probably very Photoshopped and touched up, but just posed correctly for this cover shot. Okay. Uh, nine ways to become his girlfriend is one of the headlines. Uh, pretty hair ideas. Plus exclusive coupons to the things that were pimping to you more than likely for those hair ideas. Okay. Uh, Beyonce, I was like, enough of this. I'm eating. So 
Is that the little interview bite that they put on the cover? Yeah, little okay. human port. Okay. This is January 2007, in case you all want to time capsule yourself in that moment. We do also, um, yes, we do. Over 1,000 new makeover tips. Over 1,000. Over 1,000. That probably took up all the pages of that 30-page or less magazine, I would assume. Probably. Can you read what these tips might include? Get the body you want before and after clickbait picture inserted here. Yes. Uh, Shiny hair secrets. And it looks like Rachel Bilson, who... Does have very shiny hair. I don't know what she's an actress on, but I know she's an actress. She's on the OC. Was around this time. Okay. What a nose job feels like. And poor Ashley Simpson, of all people, is side profiled on that picture. She did have a very notable nose job, yeah. Uh, look hot. Maybe like a model. Um, Carolina Krakova, I don't know who this is. <laughs> and make over a cheesy friend. If you want to go make an 80s movie by yourself in your own high school of your own bedroom, get that one friend that you just dis- disagree with generally of their life decisions, and you make the life decisions for them. <laughs> Jessica Simpson pictured here. So, <laughs> yes, I found that like so startling. Um, all right, so that was the cover of which magazine, Chris? This was Seventeen, where Beyonce definitely was not Seventeen in two thousand and seven, and they modified the crap out of this picture to make her look younger than she was. Okay, what are the common like themes you're picking up, and how do they stack up to what you? Th- thought would be in a magazine you apparently don't know how to achieve the things that women should be achieving in life let me help you Ooh, interesting okay it's 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 looks and relationships yeah Yeah. and how you can modify your looks up to the pain level of getting a nose job yep for the sake of nine ways to become his girlfriend only nine ways only because the tenth one they couldn't prove no. <laughs> okay, so thank you. Can you move to the other picture, please? Other one, Teen Vogue, which, by the way, yeah. I uh, have worked with the chief editor's husband of Vogue magazine for a Very period of fun. my career. Wonderful man. Love him to death. Love that. Okay, Teen Vogue. Here we got a uh, serious picture of... Emma Watson, hands on hips, looking a little serious here. Uh, let's see here. Team Vogue. Uh, Hermione returns. Harry Potter star. Emma Watson is all grown up. Okay. Uh, solid gold. How do you take a tan all winter? I'm kind of interested in that. <laughs> um <laughs> The shape issue, what to wear if you're curvy, short, tall, or athletic. Let me tell you what you need to buy, is what I'm hearing there. Um, Hurricane Katrina, because we need a little bit more content. (laughs) Teen survivors share their stories. Heaven forbid they actually do something that's relative. And Gigi's favorite Laguna Beach character, Talon themselves... (laughs) <laughs> That's just it. You don't know if it's Talon's skateboard, uh, Talon's failed adult career. Don't it's you just dare. It's Laguna Beach's Talon. It is clickbait before it's clickbait existed. <laughs> yeah, uh, very leading 
um, very we know what you want invitations is essentially what digital media is today. They took that model and what digital media allows you to do is digitize that to do uh, in the business what is like call to action is what they call CTAs. And so how many times do you get someone to click on a call to action is a click through rate. And so effectively, especially on some of these like questionable news sort sites and things like that, where they're uh, sensationalized ads, but they don't look like ads. All of this is to entice you into a funnel so that someone can lead you in a direction is how I pick up on this. That's very astute observation, Chris. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but <laughs> what did you notice kind of in the difference between the two publications? Um, For that second one, how, did, how was the tone of that similar or different to the one before? I think, it, I think it couldn't help, but it has to share because that's a successful formula. But um, encouraged to see, hey, some people went through some hard stuff and we at least went and did an expose for those uh, teenagers that lived through like a once in a lifetime hurricane. Right. Right. Katrina was a horrible, horribly destructive hurricane. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. There is. um, Yeah. So I wanted to show both of those kind of side by side. Uh, the Emma Watson one, which was the second one described, was a little bit more um, serious, serious by nature. There was, like you said, a little less fluff articles in it. Um, the 17 one was a little bit more fluffy, a little bit um, more light. And that is really kind of the, the gambit that they ran. Like you could find some that were super, super fluffy, and then some that, like, was doing some, like, kind of serious reporting. Um, Teen People actually had, like, really good, well-received, well-written articles. I'm being hit in the face by a cat's tail. Um, Reporting on immigration and AIDS in the 2000s. So a lot of adults were like, oh, maybe we should take these magazines a little bit more seriously after that. Um, something I wanted to like talk a little bit about is you saw so many things, particularly in that 17 magazine where, um, it was the dialogue or surrounding the focus of it was exactly, you said, you're not enough. Oh, I didn't Here's say Here's ways to be better. It's, I know what you need. Come and listen to you, me. But right? if, you, if you need something, that means you're lacking something, right? Yeah, but the, for, the, the formula is, and it's still this way. You can see it in today's media. It's, I have positioned myself as an expert. Don't ask me why I'm an expert, because I may or may not be able to prove it at all. But my voice is a little bit louder, and I have a following, so get in line and listen, right? It's it's the same formula as I see it. Yeah, yeah, and I think particularly um, to like women, there's a huge there's huge industries built on um, improving your face to the latest beauty standards, clothing, everything, right? A lot of um, focus and a lot of marketing goes into making you feel like this product will solve your life for you, right? You buy this and you will be a better fill-in-the-blank here. Over and over again. And so uh, Julie and I, as an aside, 
we went to, uh, we just happened to be very close to a Sephora this weekend. Yeah. And Gigi uh, needed to just stop on in. Sephora is a social experiment every time I walk in that place. It is amazing how many things are there that they're the exact same thing, but generated by different people. And the solutions that are sitting on shelves, if you're willing to take a, I guess, a out-of-pocket chance or whatever it costs to buy that thing to create the look that you're potentially going for. And so we walked by one section. It was like serum this, serum that, serum this, serum that. Something acid this, right? Just to be like, yeah, it's scientific. It, it, it'll do something, I promise. Talking about the skincare section. <laughs> For those of you wondering. This is how out of touch I am with skincare, everyone. We were actually there to be in the skincare section, too, so it's funny. Yes, we were getting two different kinds of retinol. I don't read eyes. and I don't take care of my and skin, apparently. Those are two truths you that have came great out. skin. <laughs> no, but I think, like, yes, you're correct. There is always something kind of, like, pushing you to mm-hmm. fill that void and, like, be a little bit better. And uh, like I kind of said in the store when we were doing that, I was like, oh, I thought we were going to move to Seattle and be just, like, I was going to be natural, Jillian. I took out my extensions. I, like, was not going to wear makeup. I was going to just, like, not wear my lashes, just do all these things. Like, I made it two weeks in, and I was like, I need lashes. I need to feel more like myself. And, like, even we had a girl compliment my... She's like, your eye makeup is great. Oh, lashes, I look like every girl in Utah. Makeup, <laughs> pink <Yeah>. hair. <laughs> Gigi's just kind of, like... Winding down and rinsing off. <laughs> I don't know if you all know this. Vacation Jillian, she goes all in. All in. You gotta. Hot pink hair, fully fully embracing the, I don't have to show up to a corporate meeting for a week. Yeah. And it is just genuine, genuine Gigi, and I love that. <laughs> it is very fun. Yeah, so, like, I'm not immune to it, and it's something that I've internalized so deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of good conversation happening in the world about um you you can it's like a choice right like never make someone never let anyone make you feel inferior people should be building themselves up and um others up and there's no one right solution for everyone um but also if you if you want to do a 15 step skincare routine more power to you that's wonderful mm-hmm. um so you're exactly that self-expression without when it's a form of self-expression and not a form of trying to keep up or try to fit in, I think it can be really beautiful. It's a very thin line, but I do it's agree with you. It's a very thin line. Um, so there was kind of a little bit of a, um, a flip side to this like fluffy kind of makeup fashion and everything. And it was done by Atusa. Atusa, um, fought to add a new section to 17 when she got there and it was called inner girl and she says inner girl was all about your relationship with yourself your internal dialogue and your self-esteem and when you say self-esteem the suggestion is that self-esteem is low um she saw the new section as food for the soul as an antidote to that and when i like was thinking back on why i loved Cosmo Girl and Seventeen so much it was because it had the voice of someone who felt like an older sister in it that 
beyond all the fluff and the things that they were trying to get you to sell and buy, um, the beautiful glossy ads. Ooh, aside here, I love, I still love print advertisement so much. Okay. Like time out, yeah. time out. What is it about print advertising that has you captured? I am just about to say that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are perfect. There's something about like the glossiness of the pages and just how like rich the tones can be. I particularly love like a blurry black and white. I don't care what you're selling. I will probably not even know what it is, what brand it is. But there is something about that that just it's mesmerizing. Um, I actually remember one of my very favorite ones. And it was I don't know what it's like, probably like a perfume or something. And it was this girl, like, galloping on a horse. And she had a guy behind her. And the way he was, like, looking at her, I was like, that is it. That is the ultimate. That is the true love. I cut it out and put it on my dream board. <laughs> and I can still see it in my in my thing. So, yeah. That got you. It got me. Yeah. The print, like, I'm not, I was not susceptible to, like, buy anything from the advertisement. But still to this day, I maintain, like how much detail and artistry and thought and emotion has to come together to get that like single perfect shot that is supposed to convey what you want someone to feel to be enticed to purchase their product wow yeah wow that that math has never really truly like lined up on me often at all of just like advertising Rarely, I'm sorry. Occasionally, it'll it'll get me to click right right, right. now, and that's usually I'm buying something not for myself, is what happens there. But coming back to perfume and cologne ads, that was the best part about a magazine. Let's be real. The two or three pages that were soliciting their uh, products, and you could peel back like a one inch strip that was sealed with glue and they had sprayed the fragrance yeah. inside the little pocket of the fold. Yeah. Best thing about a magazine. That was really great. And you just like sniff them. <laughs> you try to rub it on you yeah. a little bit. Until you had no more sniffs left. Yeah. Those were great. That was the best part about magazines. That was a really good part of magazines. Just scratch and sniff. Just all the good things. Okay. Back to um, Inner Girl. So it was this like refreshing break of genuine, you can be yourself. I was awkward too. We all go through things. You can make it out of this. You are meant for big things. Like little rah-rah section at the beginning, which was really beautiful. Um, so yeah, so as the 2010, or as the 2000s, kind of blend to the 2010s, a lot of these went away. Um, Was that the just advent of digitized media? Exactly, okay. exactly. So some of, most of them have folded. Um, the remainder are digital only. I believe Teen Vogue is still around and is digital only. Um, there's been a couple of other ones that have come and gone digitally, like Jane was one. Ooh, I've never um, heard of that. That kind of came and went. Um, but yeah, so kind of as we look back at this period of time with our 2023 20, eyes, um, things like there's a lot that you can see there that maybe we didn't consider. 
when we were putting these things in our little brains. Like, weird to think about this for a moment. Yeah. Were magazines just centralized influencers that maybe were a bit nameless unless you truly sought out, like, who authored or who penned the article? Yeah, I think I think you are exactly right on it. Where the can, content was bigger than the person, now it's yeah, inverted. The person is the bigger than the content. Exactly. I think so, and I we'll get to our kind of how, where these areas have transitioned into in just a minute. By the way, this is a great topic, especially where I didn't experience a lot of this <laughs> growing up. This is it's, wonderful. Thank you. I'm I'm having fun. I really like this one. Um, okay, so it's. Now with our 2023 eyes, we see things related to fashion, celebrities, gender, race, sexual preferences, everything just like very differently than we did back then. Um, And it is when when I was looking for I was reading a lot of the covers to look for two examples for you to read. Yeah. And immediately like things I was just like, wow, seeing so many in mass, like the absolute lack of diversity among covers it was kind of like a Utah hair school billboard in that it was like, here's all these white blonde people and we'll add in a brunette every once in a while for some di- diversity with air quotes around it. Like that's their definition. So it was really, really disappointing, um, the lack of diversity among um, those that were chosen to be on the cover. Um also, ethnicities were largely, largely ignored. Um, there was everything is very like hetero and cis focused in terms of like, here's nine tips for him to be your boyfriend, right? Like mm-hmm. things like that. It, it did not go beyond like a very straight cis experience. Um, body types I didn't really see until like the late, late late um, covers that I could find any sort of talk about anything other than losing weight Mm -hmm. or um, like you could be curvy or athletic right like that those are kind of where you live Um, but you're exactly right the genesis of presenting more than what people think the body type of the moment is exactly uh kind of came towards that part of your life when you're getting out of this teen magazine uh target audience yeah and where you're starting to see plus size models and all sorts of other things to say hey in america i can't speak for many other places but america it's we all come in many different shapes and sizes uh, compared to maybe some other countries. And people started to con- experimenting with we can target ads to not just here's the I call them I call them cigarette ads. I'm old enough to, to remember like cigarette ads before they heavily regulated that. Everyone was having fun in the perfect moment, laughing in the perfect situation of like. 72 degrees sunshine outside enough beautiful like women and men like that's what I call a cigarette ad and it was really interesting to watch people get away from like the single formula and really oh, we're a little bit more multi-dimensional as as a as an audience and people yeah yeah 
It doesn't mean that we have these things solved, that we are like everything is inclusive all the way, all the time. Right, right. But we are much more, I think, aware. Um, and it's in a lot of places are doing a lot better um, to, to, to better include people to better include more people uh, the, into their target the greater spectrum of the american population yeah representation like really matters and every day i'm trying to learn a little bit more and like get better at like understanding struggles beyond um myself and so yeah just like uh, props props to us for coming this far it's been a hard fight and we're not great but yeah we're getting better um Another thing that I really, when I was looking at it, I was like, this pushes the the hope and thought of perfectionism so hard. Um, and when you're a teen girl, you're kind of already a little bit prone to be obsessive about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, you really think that in order to be worthy, you need to be perfect. And so uh, it like broke my heart a little bit for like our whole generation that grew up thinking that we weren't quite enough. And I think... Yeah, I think I'm sure it affected us in ways that we're just now coming to deal with. This is me just looking backwards as at like a couple historical points, but like the post World War II advent of multimedia and the consumer boom of post World War II in America, there seemed to be a lot of understanding of and study of what the at the time, the traditional post-World War II housewife. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where, like, the formula of we're here to tell you how to be a little bit better at fill-in-the-blank all came from, because it was like, you want that. Um, I never watched Mad Men all the way through, but Mad Men exacerbates this on how do you sit there and create the right formula for a target audience and oftentimes it was the stay-at-home housewife of using palm olive dish soap over something else and it was let me help you understand how you misunderstood your own shopping choices right gotcha. and so fill in the blank of how people want you to look fill in the blank of how people want you to act fill in the blank of anything else that is not your genuine self that seemed to persist for for decades up until recent time no, I would agree. I would agree with you. Um, yeah. So, and I'm sure it's still happening. I'm sure it'll happen to some degree in some spectrum forever. But yeah, I think just like leaning into into that, it it makes me a little sad um, for all of us. But it doesn't mean the like that we're free of it today. Um, in fact, I was actually I thought this was a little bit funny. So this next section is from an article in the New Yorker. Um, and I had literally mapped out this whole thought train in my head and went to look to see if someone had agreed with me. Mm-hmm. And it turns out they like not only agreed with me, it was like the same words I like was thinking to display it. So here we go. All right. Um, when I was trying to think, what has replaced magazines as the source of influence for like teenage girls now? So I was thinking, 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 and I was like, it's TikTok. I think it's TikTok. It's whatever the platform that gives influencers, qualified or unqualified, an uninhibited voice. Currently, it's TikTok. Currently, so in this moment, I would say it's TikTok. And 
immediately I was like, well, how wonderful is that? Because how many, how much knowledge and how many different viewpoints are people able to see because they have more than one voice at their fingertips telling them what to do um, and giving them options. And then I immediately was like, oh, but that's not quite true because we have algorithms. And algorithms get you into this little bubble and you stay in this bubble and it's usually people who think similarly to you and have similar interests. Thank you so much because I was like, the algorithm... (laughs) influences so much and it actually can help you you know the the concept of being in your own echo chamber yes i feel like social media algorithms help you find your crowd in the same echo chamber exactly exactly um so i'm gonna read to you the statement by philip picardi a former chief con- content officer at teen vogue he believes that young people no longer really have a need for what teen magazines once provided. It's hard to imagine a teenager spending a sustained amount of time reading articles when so much of that same information is being disseminated via creators on TikTok who are delivering it in short, snappy, concise, and extremely entertaining ways, Mm -hmm. he said, noting that he's not making a moral judgment on whether that's good or bad. Teenagers today are coming of age and forming opinions and worldviews that are increasingly informed by algorithms and the bubbles that algorithms create, he added. Right. Uh, Everyone (laughs) can sign up for my class at the local community college. I'll be teaching. No, I'm just kidding. It's it. It feels incredibly obvious to me. Yeah. But I understand it's not the same for for everyone, for sure. Um I think <laughs> this is going to be funny, but this fits. Um, I was watching uh, Rick and Morty on the plane uh, just to travel because I didn't have, I only had like 30 minutes but before we landed. I was like, I'll just cram in a Rick and Morty while I sit here and wait for this plane to land. And uh, one of the insults that one of the characters throws at another is like, your generation watches YouTube people YouTube personalities critique other YouTube personality YouTube videos. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what we watch instead of highly produced, like LA, you know, Universal Studio based script like TV. We'd rather watch someone pick apart someone else's YouTube video on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. We would. That's wild to me. And so, yeah, it's just really interesting how in a matter of 10 years or less time that we have gone to decentralized information, decentralized voices that are helping us form opinions. This could be good. I'm not here to pass judgment on it one way or another. But it's not one magazine with a handful of people writing articles and an editor, you know, hand selecting what those articles are just to make sure that it has the highest chance of selling the most copies for that volume of that. Mm -hmm. Instead, we have many people that have less barriers to entry to have a voice. I'll, I'll make it positive. Many, you know, many people that are willing to just sit in front of their little 
a video camera on a phone, say two minutes or less of words, and create their own voice. They don't have to be hired by a studio or a publisher or anything like that. And then it's our choice and our job as consumers of that information to say, how much do we identify with this? Do we validate this? Do we understand this as something that we agree with or disagree with is what now puts the onus on us even more as the consumers of information is how I see it. Yeah. No, I think with our more adult brains, we are able to kind of make some of those decisions for ourselves. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, But it is a little bit like it's still a little bit discouraging. Like, is this just the way of the world? Like you are so targeted when you're like younger and forming these ways that you see the world to think that um, to kind of choose your own version of what reality is and what fitting in is and just stick to it. Ooh. Um, I don't know if it's a stick to it, but it definitely creates some foundations that are tougher to break down. If you come to the realization that maybe that's not your genuine self later in life. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah. So that is about, that is about all I have in our main section today. Are you ready for the fun section? We get a bonus section. We get an activity section, Chris. An activity. I don't know if we've done a true activity on the pod ever. We haven't. And this is just, this is, this is just kind of the, the fun section. So not only were these teen magazines full of makeup tips, some serious articles, Maybe a Sudoku. There was this one section I, of Seventeen magazine that I loved so much. And I'm going to read to you right now about it. As a teen, you could have read the wholesome Seventeen magazine for a lot of reasons. Did you say wholesome? Wholesome. Okay, thank you. Seventeen magazine <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Maybe it was the tasteful fashion spreads pulled from mall outlets that were actually affordable. Or perhaps you memorized the stories from clean-cut boys on what they look for in a dream date. But for the more deranged among us, including Jillian, there was always the seductive pull of trauma-rama. Can you explain to me what trauma-rama is? I've never heard of this before. You are in luck, because the next... Paragraph will do exactly that for you. you All ready? right, I'm here. Traumarama for the uninitiated, like you, Chris, is a collection of quippy short stories submitted by anonymous teen girls in which they share their most embarrassing moments. It was often located at the back of the magazine. The stories are always three or four lines long, often punctuated with exclamation parts. They, this is maybe my favorite sentence that has ever been written by another person. I will link this article because they deserve every bit of credit. They can read like demented haikus with references to bodily fluids and gases aplenty. If you got your period on your desk in English class, that's a traumarama. If you accidentally threw up in front of your crush, that's a traumarama. <laughs> if you slipped on a banana peel in the middle of the cafeteria, you get it. Trauma. Rama. Was this one magazine's section or did they all figure out they all needed some 
section of Traumarama and named it all differently. Exactly. So Traumarama was Seventeen's version of it, but I think there was like oops or like confessions of a teen girl. Cosmo, con- Cosmo Girl Confessions, I think, was one. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind if we just two minutes pause here? Absolutely. If you all don't know this, Jillian loves the tea. I love gossip. When I first met Jillian, we worked in the same, uh, would you call that a large office? Yeah, like, it, was it was a pretty a big large office. office. Uh, 40% of the time, Jillian could be found in the company cafeteria taking a break way too long so that she could get that hot goss in the office. <laughs> yes, and I was always with the same girl who also likes the hot gossip. And boy, did we have some to share. So when I, I don't go pursue this, but Jillian always loves telling me about this stuff. Yeah. How many trauma-rama outlets exist in today's, like, modern zeitgeist? And which one is your favorite? Okay, so I thought it was funny when you were like, we watch YouTubes of content creators making content about other content creators. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh-huh. Um so my favorite is kind of in that genre. It's people who dunk on cringy Christian couples and I love it. <laughs> I'm talking like your Paul and Morgans, really mostly them. They're the ones I look for like people being like absolutely not breaking down why what they're doing is like not okay. I also love there's this like very charming person named Brad Mondo, and they re- they review people's videos um, on um, hair. They're a hairstylist, and so they'll watch people doing their own hair mm-hmm. and uh, correct and react to those videos. So those are kind of that's okay. where I like it. Also, random people breaking up on TikTok as well. I would argue. Neither of those is okay. your favorite. What is what is it? Jillian found a subreddit. <gasps> deep, 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 deep in the basement of Reddit itself. It's it's Can a Facebook you, group. Oh, it's a Facebook it's a group. Facebook I'm group. sorry. Maybe you found it through Reddit. I can't remember. There's a Maybe. Facebook group that seems to have a decent sized audience in the greater Salt Lake area. And You're I'm right. going to slaughter the name of it. What is the name of the Facebook group? Are we dating the same guy? Provo Salt Lake City. This is Jillian's favorite, favorite, favorite trauma-rama. Where she gets to read people post about people that she may or may not, by happenstance, kind of know. She's, uh, she occasionally comes across somewhere like, oh my gosh, I knew them in a different life, right? Um, but it's people posting, I've been on two dates or three dates with this man. Please tell me anything I should know so that I can go on the fourth date and be comfortable or not go on the fourth date at all. And it is everyone spilling the beans on these men that probably deserve it or some of these poor men that don't deserve it and or... Wonderful female support and cheerleading for the men that have no red flags and being like, dated them, 
we weren't compatible, wonderful human being, right? And yeah. it's like the whole spectrum of that, but I guarantee it leans towards this is a dumpster fire run girl and let me give you the trauma rama of why well you're not on there if you have not oh i've heard the stories that's why i can say this you, yeah exactly you're not on there you're not like submitting a guy to the page being like does anyone know anything about this unless one you've been hurt before and or two um you have a reason to suspect this guy so yeah they absolutely do ring more towards the negative because it's usually when somebody's like something's going on or you go on a really 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 bad date and you're like I need to tell people not to match with this guy so you're right that is my favorite um (laughs) it is I'm so sorry to both of you to both producer Ace and Chris for the amount of times I've just told them about other people's lives from this page Not don't told. know almost read verbatim when it's good enough <laughs> it is it is it is a joy and a treasure I feel um, like trauma rama as a formula is kind of when like animals go into fight or flight we as human beings love looking into other people's like trauma ramas, we hate it experiencing it ourselves. Yeah. But we love learning and reading about other people's trauma ramas, and it doesn't go away. Reality TV is this formula. Oh, you're right. Um, Reddit generally. Yes. <laughs> is this formula? Oh my goodness. Um, essentially, office gossip is. Trauma Rama. Yeah. Generally, like we thrive in more modern times on consuming the Trauma Rama. This is such a great topic by itself. It really is. It really is. And Chris, as a special little treat for you, I present to you a Trauma Rama. Please and thank you. The title is called Sticky Situation. I could go many different ways with this. (laughs) I was pretty confident the first day of my sophomore year. I developed over the summer, ooh, and was no longer a geeky, awkward freshman. I arrived at school wearing a cute outfit and feeling great. As the first bell rang, I spotted an incredibly hot guy. I figured I'd get the year started on the right foot and strut my stuff. On my way over, I popped a piece of gum in my mouth to freshen my breath. When I opened my mouth to say hello, I was so nervous that I spat the gum right at the guy's face. It was humiliating. I just picked the gum off the ground and ran. (laughs) That's such like light touch trauma rama compared to what is available on the internet today. But thank you for that taste. You're (laughs) welcome, Chris. You're welcome. Um, There is a book. The Seventeen put out in 2005 called Trauma Rama, and it's like 360 something stories about your worst traumas. Um, so yeah, pick that up if you're ever curious. Thank you so much for attending my small disorganized TED talk regarding teen magazines and how much I love them. Having never experienced teen magazines very much, this was really fun. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Anything for the people, Jeech? We love you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you all for listening if you made it this far. we Hopefully you did. Hopefully you did. So you got to experience that trauma aroma as well. Can I invite you all? I know it's very difficult to submit a trauma aroma to us on uh, social media platforms because it typically has to come through 
uh, your, I guess, profile. Yeah. So tattletales on you. But maybe serve Jeej up some uh, trauma-ramas, whether they're yours or not yours. Absolutely. Accepting all trauma-ramas. <laughs> so accepting all trauma-ramas on Instagram or TikTok or email. Mind the Millennial Gap at Gmail. Uh, Mind the Millennial Gap on Instagram. Mind the Millennial Gap pod. Yes. On TikTok. Yes. And 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 feed this girl. She she gets a please, bit hungry with that trauma rama. Please, please do. I'll keep them locked in my little my little heart vault. There are so many podcasts that revolve just around uh, audience submitted trauma ramas. Yes. I love this. I could do a whole. I would love to do a whole podcast on trauma ramas. Done. All we right. could do it. Everyone, seriously, <laughs> if we can crowdsource enough trauma ramas, I will sit through an hour long episode of reading trauma ramas and responding to them. <laughs> I love it. Give Chris what he wants, people. <laughs> All right. Until next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.